Yo ho ho, let's go. Welcome back to the Proverbial Pals Suite. Speaking of sweet, it's the voice of my co-host, Mike. Say hello, Michael. Thanks for that very lovely intro, Nick. You are very, very welcome, as always. We're here with the Proverbial Pals to bring you some of our thoughts, our ramblings, our questions, our thought processes on different topics around Christian living. We're going to be talking about sport today and what that looks like for us to be Christians in the world of sport. We'll delve into ideas and questions around as Christians, should we even be playing sport? How should we act as Christians on a sports field? Is it valuable for Christians to be competitive or is that something that is you know, from the devil that we should be avoiding? Just like chuck this one out there as a disclaimer. We are not experts in knowledge of sport. Yeah, experts in passion, perhaps for, for sport. Correct. Um, but certainly this is by no means a sports podcast. I'm sure there are other plenty of other Christian sport podcasts out there. We'll be able to give you a more in-depth analysis. Analysis, yeah, that's probably the word I'm looking for. It's a good one. However, before we get to that, let's talk icebreakers. Mike, what do you reckon the, the pinnacle highlight moment of your sporting career was? Playing? Yeah, play, uh, spectating doesn't count. Um, I'm going to have to go under-16s cricket. Ooh. 47 not out to win the game. Yeah, that was, that was definitely up there. That was, uh, I think we, I was the captain. Just want to throw that in there. Um, Nick's laughing at me. Nick was also <laughs> on the team. He wasn't the captain. Extra bit of uh, juice to win us the game. Can't say no to that. If I remember correctly. Here we go. You were in a foul mood when you came off. Was because I? Because you were angry with us. You hit a single to uh, oh, yeah, for dude. the winning runs. Okay. And you were filthy with us for not calling out that you were on 46 and you needed, a, if you hit a four, you would have got your, your first half century. Okay. Well, for context, I think we played an over or two extra because we'd already won. But um, there was one guy who liked to bowl a few bounces. And then the last one, he like bowled it really slow. And I'm just, in my mind, I thought I could lay into this, but I've just politely pushed it for a single thinking, ah, oh, don't I want to get a nod out. And then everyone was like, oh, Mike, you should have hit a four because you would have got 50. And I was like, ah, you know, them's the breaks. But side point. No, you were filthy. I was filthy. But side point, I think that was the fourth game of the season. I had three not outs at that point. So I think I had an average of like 110. So I don't want to say I was the under-16s Bradman, but I may have been for one week. Uh, Well, I was going to choose a different sporting moment, but I'm going to, I might mention a cricket one as well. Well, It was probably the same year, actually, under-16s when we played together. The time I almost and and should have had a hat trick. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) The captain on the team. Who Who was that? Who I won't mention. It was, uh, it, was, it was the hat trick ball. So I'd taken, for those who are unfamiliar with cricket, I took a, a got a guy out, got a wicket. The very next ball, I got another one straight up. So I had two in a row. Mm. And then if you take three in a row, it's a hat trick, which is a a very rare moment. If you want to see what a, a quality hat trick looks like, uh, I recommend looking up Peter Siddle birthday hat trick. <laughs> anyway, I was very close. So you had to, normally what would happen, you know, a, a, a guy who's on on his, his hat-trick ball, he's about to take it. Normally what the captain would do is bring all the fielders in, get everyone nice and close and see if, you know, you can help help out, help a brother out and, and you know, get everyone close, more likely to take a wicket, get a catch off a, a bit of a, a dodgy ball. Our captain, however, decided that the, the team was more important than, you know, a great moment of individual brilliance. 
could have been the standout. It could have been could have been the, the starting point of a of a career, perhaps in cricket from the under sixteen Bs that we were in. However, that was not the case. We had two slips in, which was fairly usual for for an opening bowler. If I say I bowled it and he nicked it through about fourth slip, so if we chucked a couple of extra men in there, would have had it. <laughs> uh, side point: Nick was an in swing bowler, so out, uh, out catches in the slips a bit harder. Secondly, um, I was concerned about overrates. I didn't want to get a, didn't want to cop a fine. They're really fun the under sixteen bees boys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, enough. Of- so we're talking today about sport, which is a favourite subject of both of us, I guess. Mike, um, why do you reckon sport is valuable? So, sport is valuable because it's good exercise, it's good for your physical health, your mental health. It's a, it's the crux of a lot of my friend good friendships, <laughs> um, as evidenced by probably episode one. Um, yep, and also episode three, five. five. You know what? Sport comes up fairly regularly on this podcast. It's, it's a secondary topic. But of most importance is God. Uh, today it is the primary topic, but it is primary as we consider sport alongside a Christian perspective on it. Yeah, obviously, yeah, sport is good for us in terms of our health. Um, I think another thing it sport is really good for is it really good at breaking down barriers between people. I think that sport is something that is quite universal. Um, I know something from my own experience. When I was when I was back in high school, we did a uh, school mission trip overseas to Vanuatu. Mm. Um, spent a couple of weeks over there, helping out locals, doing some of the Lord's work in that space, which was, to be honest, it was awesome. It was certainly a, a really eye opening and perhaps like even life changing experience uh, for me. Just yeah, seeing people in a very different culture and a different context, and how people who have so different lives and even you could even argue so little compared to what we have here in Australia and how you know how much more happy they are what the, what they get out of life it seems to be a lot more anyway I'm getting sidetracked here um, but uh, so yeah there was, there was opportunity there um, so in in Vanuatu obviously there's kind of there's Bishlana which is the, the local dialect which, which most people speak and then there's a stack of kind of English is probably the next most spoken language over there yeah. um, followed by French as well okay anyway so we're in one of the schools over there we jumped in the school we're doing stuff doing some little educational things Bible talks and, and some stuff like that anyway guess the lunchtime big soccer field there they're like soccer mad over there in Vanuatu oh really uh, yeah so we jumped out there on the soccer pitch with them at lunchtime just to play with them and what they often do is they play like the English speaking kids versus the French speaking kids uh, which is which is pretty cool. So we're like, yeah, cool. We'll, we'll jump in. They want us to come play with them. Yeah, of course we'll come play because I think you know, sport is something that you know transcends culture. Yeah. However, what happened over there was they wanted us to jump on the French kids speaking sides because on a, on a soccer field. So it was it was fairly. It wasn't like a serious eleven, you know, best eleven kind of game. Anyway, so we we're playing there with the um the kids who don't speak any English at all, yeah. and just being able to communicate with them through body language, through just even just the game of soccer. Mm. Uh, it was incredible, the fact that we were able to do something like that, where we could really connect and get alongside and be working together with people who we didn't even speak the same language, but we both spoke the same language of, of, of soccer or, or football. It's more than just, it's just a game or it's more than just exercise. There's actually a lot more to it than that. Yeah, it's definitely a global language. 
it like a lot like music too where there's rules and people understand rules and mm. how the game operates like even those kids that probably that you were speaking on the french team not the french team but <laughs> a team of kids that spoke french like i'm sure even in across languages like things like pass or whatever like that translates and it's glo- it, it kind of global like transcends boundaries and culture and time like they're, they're all kind of just the yeah, ways that people like people speak without like like you're saying body language and stuff mm. people speak without actually like knowing each other it's like you just kind of just you, you vibe it but yeah like i know how you, you i like how you guys had the the split between english speaking kids and french speaking kids like often games that we would play at school and in generations gone past, they'd be like, I feel like you're looking at me like saying, what are you going to say right no, now? I'm just, I'm just looking at you. It's just, okay. I know exactly what you're going to say. Okay. All right. Well, back in the, back in our day in high school, we would have, how do I phrase this? People that would have uh, grandparents that maybe were born in Australia versus people that had grandparents that maybe were born overseas. So. Yeah. It was like people of European descent versus people yeah. of, I'd say Australian descent, but yeah. to be fair, like. I'm, I, I would say I'm Australian, I'm yeah. Australian descent, but there's some European way back there. So, yeah, so sometimes I remember I would probably play for the Australian team and sometimes I'd play for the uh, European team. <laughs> I think even my dad would say the same thing when he was at school. So I guess these games are, have have gone on for longer than, than we care to admit. Uh, Europe's, Europe's best 11. Europe's best 11? Uh, yeah, I'd probably make that in high school. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> But I mean, there might have only been eleven kids, so I think by default, it's an instant call up. Instant call up, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the other things I really like about sport and why I think is valuable is that I think it gives us a really good opportunity for us to live out what it means and what it looks like to be a Christian. In terms of playing sport, can be difficult at times. In terms of we've we, we spoke, obviously <laughs> thinking about like I'm thinking about a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about anger um, yes. and, and dealing with frustration, and I think that. Sports fields, obviously, there's a lot of emotion gets poured into that. And this is obviously can be like whether it's high level, whether it's, you know, in high school stuff, you know, people really invest emotionally in sport Mm. and it can lead to a lot of emotion and it can can lead to anger and frustration and and all those kind of things. And I think that being a Christian in a sports environment it's actually a really good opportunity for us to demonstrate how Christ changes our hearts and our lives. Now, I know for me personally, when I certainly played sport back in the day, we talked about this on the previous episode. You know, I was a bit of a bit of a hothead on on the field, and and, and to be fair, that's probably one of the reasons, a significant reason, why I gave up playing sport. You know, I also felt that as a Christian, I needed to not be as angry and playing sport meant that I was quite angry and frustrated often. But also other commitments like a uni get in the way and Oh yeah, it was certainly what it wasn't the only reason, but it was it was a key reason for me to being like, mm, I should probably step away from sport because I, I just get angry and that's that's not a good look on a Christian when you see, mm. you know, Christians losing their temper. That's not what we want to be on about. So for me I chose to walk away from sport. However, I in hindsight now as I'm a little older and arguably a little wiser I actually think that I've missed a really good opportunity for God to be able to grow me in that space. And I think that because my anger and frustration is something I really struggled with, I actually, I, I basically, I, I took the, the cheap way out. I just got out of the environment and I was like, well, rather than allowing 
God to work in me in that space and for me to be more intentional in and molded and and yeah yeah in, in terms of how I was I was being molded and to be able to actually work on rather than rather than working on it uh, which is you know what we are called to do as Christians yeah I, I took the easy road out I just just left it and I actually don't think that's a very I don't, don't think that's a Christian thing to do at all I think you know God obviously promised doesn't promise us an easy life. Hmm. We are promised that things will be difficult, and being Christian is not easy. Now, look, there are obviously there are circumstances where I think sometimes you know you probably could be stepping away from sport for a while. We've recommended in episode six um, about you know sometimes getting professional help as well can be really beneficial for those kind of things. But yeah, I, I look back on it now and be like, actually, I missed a good opportunity for God to be working in me in in terms of growing me to be more patient when things felt like an injustice or when things didn't go my way or when I didn't have the skills or, and all those things we talked about in that previous app. So yeah, I decided I've jumped back into, into sport recently back playing Oztag with a, with a few mates. Cause I think it's a really good opportunity that God can use us in and grow us in as representatives of his, of his kingdom. Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like you too, Nick. Yeah. I've, I've thought about walking away from sport, like in terms of even with basketball, cause I, I've sort of been playing basketball for us couple of years or so i know there's one team that i play for that it seems like every week there's some sort of issue with refs or things like that and to be honest it kind of sucks the fun out of a little bit Mm. Um, and i think there's got to be like a sort of self-awareness that hey this is not the nba advice i should take for myself but also like it's not the it's not the be all and end all whether you win or lose like some games you're going to win that you should have lost and some games you're going to lose that you should have won and swings and roundabouts but also like I used to play touch footy, but I think I was just getting a bit tired of it, mainly because I have the turning circle of a bus, but also <laughs> because, yeah, because I, I just felt like I wasn't enjoying it anymore, partly because I guess I get frustrated because I'm super slow, but also I think I'd, it kind of had just a worn on me a little bit, like from maybe doing a bit of the admin, but also like playing it kind of got to me a little bit. But yeah, it's definitely something that, it's not something that I, I would never do again, but I think like, because like you said, that's a good opportunity for God to say, hey, I know you've got maybe some issues with temper and and you like sports, so you're going to have to work on that rather than just walking away. But I think it's definitely helpful to know yourself and say maybe I should take a break from this if this is something that is impacting me. Yeah, so being competitive or being over, overly competitive is where mm. a lot of Christians seem to fall apart in terms of... Uh, demonstrating what, what Christ's love looks like. You and I can both attest to that in, in some of our own circumstances. However, I think that the idea of... Well, look, what's, what are your thoughts on, on Christians being competitive? I think it's okay to be competitive. I think as long as it's sort of held internally. I think when you take it out on people like teammates or opposition, that's probably when it oversteps a mark. And I think it's okay to kind of go back and forth with someone, but I think... And that I feel like kind of just kills the mood. Yeah, I think it's okay to be competitive and, and to want to win and to want to, like, push your, t- yourself and your teammates. But, yeah, I think it, there's, a, there's a line that you can't cross. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's also, like, you don't want to have this attitude of, oh, I suck and I'm terrible and I'm, like, the worst. Even if you are, I think you still want to have an attitude of, but if you have been playing it for years and you walk out on the field going, man, I am awful at this and we're going to lose and we're terrible, <sighs> Like, come on, man. I don't think God calls us to be like that either. Have some sort of, not arrogance, but don't just be like, oh, dude, I, like, I'm just going to let him run past me because I'm so, so terrible about this. You know? We see, yeah, that's, I think that's the, um, 
what you described there is a very non-Christian way to do things, right? I mean, you talk about Colossians 3, 23, you know, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. That's working for the Lord, not for men. Like, you know, we are called, if we're going to commit to something, God wants us to be like, be committed. If you're going to do this, give it your all. Yeah, you jump out the field, just kind of be there to, to muck around and just, and you're you're purposefully going to let the team down. You're there to like almost throw it away. A, how frustrating is it to play with a person like that on the team? When you got that one person who's like, you know, everyone else is there to kind of compete, have a good time, and then one person's just there to kind of muck around. Really, it actually ruins the, it actually takes the takes the joy out of the game and the sport for the rest of the team. Hmm. So we don't want to be like that because we're not we're not the kind of people who want to be trying to kill joy in others, particularly particularly if, if sport is something that's good that God is. I believe God has given us. God gives us sport for a reason. Part of that is to be able to glorify Him as all things He created should be. So let us run the race before us. Yeah, well, there's, there's like there's, there's quite a few New Testament. I think Paul uses a lot of sports analogies, not because look, maybe Paul was a big you know sports guy. Maybe he was like down at the gladiator, you know, you know pits every. Actually, maybe not. I think he played halfback, didn't he? Oh look, look, Paul could have done. Look, Paul's done a lot of things in his life. Anyway, but I look. I think Paul used a lot of sports analogies. Because it makes sense to people. Sport is, just, obviously, like we've talked about, it, it kind of transcends culture. So I think Paul uses sports analogies for a reason. A big one for me, 2 Timothy 4 verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, whilst Paul isn't talking specifically about sport here, he was using some some sporting analogies, which which are quite helpful. Mm. And if you go back and you know, look at kind of what the, look at how he would have written it in, in the Greek but this idea of like fighting the good fight, um, or I fought the good fight. Actually, the, the Greek word is agon, um, which means to to fight or to be challenged and stretched or or to compete. And if you want to break down what compete, the idea of being competitive means of com, which means that with or together and pater to to strive. So this idea of competing is where you're striving together. It's almost like a team nature where you've got multiple people coming together, looking to compete, to work hard, to be challenged and stretched towards a common goal. And the Christian life is a lot like that, right? We're not called to you know run run solo in in a Christian life. We're obviously encouraged to be in community. And so I think that sport has a lot of analogies with what the Christian life is like as well. So I think this idea of of being competitive, being together, working with someone other people to be challenged and, and working in the same direction towards the same goal, I think is what Christians are called to do. I think it's, it's cool to be able to live that out, obviously, as Christians in terms of our, our spiritual life, but also be able to live that out and, and demonstrate that in a way that is physical. It's easily seen by others as well. People can see the kind of person you are by how you act on the sports field. What do they say? Something about like... um. The true test of someone's character is when they're under pressure. It's not biblical, but it's... It sounds like a good proverb still. Um, that would definitely be something that uh, under sport, you know, the flight, fight or flight sort of thing. Mm. That when you're exercising, that kind of comes out in certain people. Some people get fighty. Some people get flighty. <laughs> I think also, like uh, you mentioned before, it's some people that have a whatever attitude. Mm. I think different... Are you talking about like sport outside of school? Yeah. Because as a PE teacher, I can tell you the level of interest in, inside a class is not the same with all students. Okay. Well, I'm thinking more of like Saturday sport. Yep. Um, I think maybe there's a bit more, you have different levels and different grades and people kind of slot into that. And like, I guess if you're 
interested in soccer or whatever it is, cricket, you may, and you, you seek to play that out on your weekends, you're probably a bit more interested than the average person yeah, that plays that. But then again, I guess as you get older, people want to, uh, people use it for fitness rather than necessarily like, oh, I, I'm young and I'm fit already. Mm. <laughs> um, so yep. there's, there's like that different, and that kind of widens as you get older, I think. Yeah, I, I guess it's the purpose, what's the goal of individuals in a team? And you're yeah. right, as you get older, once you hit sort of adulthood, it, it becomes a, a bit different. Went and watched my wife's uh, netball game the other night, and it's it's clear. Like I mean, all the all the girls on their team are obviously all there for the same reason: social, happy to fun, get some get some physical activity. And there are a few other teams they play against where some teams are actually very similar. Like they're kind of they have a similar outset. Their teams and they love playing those teams, right? Because they're they're friendly. Everyone's there with the same goal in mind. Yeah, they're still competitive on court, but every person on that court. They're all kind of striving for the same goal. Then they play a few other teams who, you know, take it a bit more, take it to a, a different level, obviously. Yeah. They've already got a certain level of fitness and they're really there to just kind of dominate and get big wins, you know, and, and the attitude that they bring to the court. You know, my wife's team are obviously there for a, for a social, so their skill level isn't elite. Um, but, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll play people who obviously have a high level of skill, but then those people will just... Just be nasty to them, hmm. and I think that's not that's not what we're called to called to be. Now, granted, you know it's not like a Christian league or anything. Um, it's just a, just a social local comp. That attitude we bring is important. Is going to be crucial. Like you know, if we want to be Christ-like with, with everything we do. I think that should also be reflected on the sports field or on the court. You know, we think about you know Christ. What what was what was Jesus like? Well, humble. I think a good, a good way to describe Jesus. I mean, look, Jesus was was God, so he could have come in and you know kicked temple doors down and be like, "Worship me," because because I am so much greater than you. And whilst that would be true, Jesus came you know with humility, and so we should be doing the same thing. I think of Philippians two verse three and four. You know, do nothing out of selfish ambition or, or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Uh, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That to me is actually really crucial about how I go about playing sport now. I obviously play Oztag, play in a men's comp. Social is one word for it. It's also fairly competitive. And there are players that you know we'll, we'll play against who will kind of be like a win at all costs. They're willing to say things and, and act in kind of ways which are not beneficial towards others. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, I don't want to be like that, right? I want to be like, cool, I want to play. I'm, I'm here to play hard, but I'm also here. I'm, I'm not here to try and injure the other team. I'm not here to talk other people down. Yeah. When it's all over, I'm get, you know, I'll shake your hand and oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's all good, you know? Yeah. And, you know, they always talk about, oh, you know, if you have problems, you leave them out there on the sports field. Well, to be honest, I don't think, I think we should be not trying to create problems on the sports yeah. field as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know I'm always mindful not acting kind of grubby not trying to start fights or or aggravate other people you know other team that's like a, a mad breakaway scores a, a try even if it's like a crucial game winning try for the other team I'll be like hey man like that, good job like that was a good run just, like, you know, just, just even encouraging the other team whilst it hurts that we've lost a game like you know kind of late in the piece like I'm still be like well you know what you've, you've done something good I am gonna be humble here and can, congratulate you on just a, a nice piece of play there I'm not, I'm not there, not there to bring things down. I'm there because I want to be like Christ with everything that I do. 
really, end of the day, right, that's kind of what we want to see for all Christians. Obviously, like as Christians, we want to see other Christians being successful as living out a life worthy of Christ. Um, and I think that's perhaps why we place... Look, do you, think, yeah, do you think we place too high of an expectation on high-profile Christian athletes? Uh, I think where it comes from is that if people subscribe to something that puts them on a pedestal, when they fall, they fall harder. Mm. So looking at it, just quick of example, if I told you, Nick, that I wasn't going to drink for the rest of the year and you saw me having a beer, you'd be like, mate, what are you doing why you, you told me that you weren't going to drink for the rest of the year and here you are, you're drinking beer. Like what's, what's the go there? Mm. So I think it's the same thing when someone, when someone says I follow Jesus and I, you know, I'm going to be humble and I'm going to be um, courteous and those kind of things, those kind of qualities, when something goes wrong and they don't do that, then that's where people bring out the pitchforks and they go, well, you're not, you're, you're saying this, but you're doing this. So that's where the disconnect comes from. Yeah, it's true. And I, I think sometimes we're just too unforgiving when it comes to Christian athletes. Yes. And almost an unrealistic expectation that they're never going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, Colossians 3, 17, you know, the idea of whatever you do, whether you, you know, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I think we, when it comes to these high-profile Christian athletes, we want these people to do a really good job at representing Christians. And when they, in their sin, make mistakes, like all of us do, mm. often I think we're too quick to not forgive them and almost and kind of burn them at, at the stake. And a big example for me, a couple of years ago, I remember um, Steph Curry on NBA got, um, got fouled out of the game and was like in frustration, like through his mouth guard or something. It was like an, a moment of like explosive rage, um, which every single Christian has experienced at some moment in their life. And I think the amount of Christians who were so upset with him and basically angry being like, how dare he as a Christian, who's a high profile Christian, do something like that. Hmm. People were very unforgiving. And I think we forget sometimes that yes, we will, these people are here to represent Jesus, but also they ain't Jesus. They're not perfect. They're still going to be tempted to sin and give in to their sin and their frustrations just as much as what we are. Look, I think sometimes we have a, we have an unrealistic expectation on them. I, I want all my favorite athletes to act exactly how I would act and agree with everything that I, or I want them to do, agree with everything that I agree with. That being said, there are you know a, a number of Christians out there who I think who are high profile athletes and who do a good job at representing Jesus. I think particularly in Australia, I think in the rugby league circles, there's a, there's a lot more attraction. Obviously prayer circles become really common after games. Mm, both um, teams. Yeah, both. both teams. You know, guys from both sides come together. It's a bit of a prayer circle, which I think is, is awesome. It doesn't get, I mean, the first couple of times it happened, it got a bit of, tr- a little bit of traction on TV. Mm. Um, generally kind of, they, they tend to, they tended to avoid that quite a bit terms of like media coverage um but if you're like at games it, it happens fairly fairly often a lot of teams have got a lot of a lot of christians within those teams yeah and, and they'll often come together and and pray with the other with the other side after a game even if it's an intense close game people yeah. coming together and and being like lord jesus like thank you for an opportunity that you have given us to be able to use our gifts um, may we have like you know maybe we represent you well in, in our character and how we go about you know giving all that we have uh, Lord, it's for your glory, not for our own. 
mm. what, whatever it might be, right? Mm. I'd love to see more of it. I think I think it's really cool that they do that too, especially like you know rugby league sort of environment where it's physical mm. and people are well not hurting each other, but it's a physical contact sport. And then they come together at the end, they shake hands and they they pray and they give thanks. Like mm. I think that's a great message. Yeah, it's certainly a very physical game. And I think um, in, in terms of addressing the idea of getting hurt, when rugby league, and I will say, thanks for the grain of salt, but when you play rugby league, the, the idea isn't to hurt the other team. Hmm. Now, a lot of players, that is their intention. However, I would hope that, you know, as Christians, the idea is you want to go out there, we're going to play a physical game, but I'm not going out there to actually do harm to the other team. Yeah. There's a difference between wanting to stop versus wanting to hurt. Yeah, there's a difference between wanting to, like, basically wrap a guy in a big hug and, and put him on the ground. Sounds friendly. Um, yeah, exactly. It's very friendly. It's a couple of blokes having a hug. What's wrong with that? Yep. Look, Maybe cut that out. <laughs> not leaving that in. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, you basically try and put the guy on the ground as opposed to basically hit him as hard as you possibly can, try and do him some harm. Yeah, I think that's not that's not a Christian way to go about doing it, trying to actually intentionally seek harm. Can we step away from elite athlete for a second? Yeah, sure. So looking, well, maybe not so much elite, but semi-elite athletes um, sitting at this table. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, maybe we cut that out. Um, yeah, so if we step away from elite athletes and look at it more at a... Uh, local level now, like mm. more Nick and I's level. And one thing I've sort of had to work on, I guess, myself is that you don't want to be uh, aggressive or, you know, angry towards teammates. And then that same day, maybe later that night, you're at church. It doesn't really bode well. Like, I guess it's a bad example when you kind of, you lose your temper, but then you're saying, I, f- I follow Jesus. But then that should, following, putting your trust in Jesus should sanctify you and um, that work in you that should be like working in your heart to change your heart mm. so like looking at some of the examples of teammates that I've had and even obviously myself but also you know like when people complain about refs or scores not being right or you know losing, winning losing I think we've got to take a step back and say this is just I know it's 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 serious to us but it's ultimately just for fun and for mm. exercise but yeah i think something i really would love to be better at is to be consistently showing christ through my actions rather than losing my temper after like one or two things like i've gone wrong it's not going to make it better for the next time i'm just going to keep being angry like and so i've got to take a step back and mm. help myself yeah, and to be honest, that's probably a reason why I'm probably glad I'm not a professional athlete. It's one of those things like you, you don't want your sin to be on display, right? But look at but look at like the most of the professional athletes, like say in the cricket, how many times do people get out and then like, you know, in public throw their bats or smash their helmets or of that ilk? Or like, for example... <laughs> drop kick their helmet? Drop kick their helmet, for example. <laughs> not saying anyone's done that, but for example. Or even like in uh, rugby league or... In soccer, like the pro, the pro athletes, they keep it in better than in what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like that next play mentality mm. rather than focusing on the negative and, and, and using that to blame someone else or yourself. Okay, it's done now. Can't do much about it. Yeah, that takes a certain level of discipline. Yeah. I don't know. I currently don't have that. Granted, I'm not training to be an elite athlete, like, you know, five, six, seven days a week. But yeah, it's it certainly is a discipline. And I think that's something that is a discipline I think all Christians should get involved with and have a crack at. If they can do it at the elite level when there's actual stakes and there's 
big pay packets and big prize money on the line. Well, I'd like to think that that could flow over into the the park park heroes. Yeah, look, and I certainly think that there's whilst you know incomes and actually you know financial things aren't at stake. I think there's opportunities at stake when we don't do a good job at displaying what being a Christian looks like. Mm. I think that playing you know in social comps gives us opportunities to meet with other people in the local area. And potentially even that then opens up opportunities to have conversations with people, which then opens up opportunities to invite those people to church. Mm-hmm. Now, if you, the kind of guy who's, you know, flying off in a fit of rage every, every game, this person, oh yeah, like, you know, hey, come to church. I'm going to be like, wait, what? Like, what do you mean you're a Christian? Aren't you meant to be about like love and mercy and grace? Granted, it's not always easy for non-Christians to understand the whole, like we're saved by grace. Like, you know, we will, despite the fact that, we are Christians, we are saved, and we, but we will still make mistakes. We will yeah. still sin. We're not Christians because we're perfect. No, um, which, you know, sometimes non-Christians do expect from, from us as Christians. Yeah. But at the same time, if you can have a certain level, particularly a high level of integrity and showing honor to others on the field or on the court, and then you were to invite someone to church, I think you're going to be doing a much better service to the Lord as in terms of serving him and being, you have represented yourself well, fought the good fight, run the race, finish the faith, all that kind of stuff. If you do a, re, a, a better job at that, I think that people who are non-Christians are going to be more inclined to want to have conversations with you. So I think there's actually the thing that is at stake when it comes to, in terms of how our integrity plays out on the sports field, the thing is, is at stake is that potential invitations for other people to come to church and even to know about Jesus. And I think that is something that is a really cool opportunity that sport gives us. Even if you look at like, um, look, you and I aren't parents or anything, but when we were kids, our parents would come to come to soccer games, be on the sidelines, cheer for the kids or whatever. You know, the parents are mingling, chatting with each other as well. I think it's actually a great opportunity for Christian parents to be able to meet with other parents and have conversations on the sidelines as well. I think that that's another avenue that um, sport allows for us to be in the community as Christians, meet with non-Christians and invite them to church. And all that happens through sport. Because hmm. I think sometimes as Christians, we're just like, yeah, cool, I, I like playing sport, but we don't think about it as evangelism opportunities where I think that as an important part of our life, or as any really as any part of our life, we should be thinking about it as, cool, how can I use this for God's glory? Any final remarks for us? Well, this one has certainly hit me for six. Oy. But this episode's been a keeper. Like a goalkeeper. Or a wicketkeeper. Or a wicketkeeper. Or a greenskeeper. <laughs> if you, like, you know, do the grass on the fields. Um, anyway, but, yeah, no, I think it's, yeah, it's been a friendly reminder to, yeah, be, be more patient and understanding and to not have a win-at-all-cost attitude. It's good, it's, important, it's good to win, but it's also... It's better to be someone that's a better teammate. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, you think about in the scheme of eternity, which is what we're really looking at, is the glorification of, of self here on earth really that valuable? No. Like this earth passes away and everything with it. Um, so I think if we are so focused on ourselves here in, in this life, that's a very short-sighted perspective in, in terms of us as Christians where we know that 
eternity is, is far greater. So we've got that to look forward to. And I think that's what should shape our decisions on a sports field or the court or the pitch or the green, or the course. Or the pool. Or the if pool. A, if you're a swimmer. That's correct. Australia's pretty good at swimming in the Olympics. Anyway, if you, much like a goalkeeper, would like to save things, you can save this podcast by subscribing to it at The Proverbial Pals on Spotify. And also can find us at anchor.fm. And also on socials, which is Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Cool. That wasn't planned. Podcast. Out.